Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. these all these people you just never know I want to uh, especially welcome Jeff and Ellie Payne who are visiting with us right here saved and baptized and healed and delivered and everything else now going on to be super productive out there in Vernon BC Ellie as a uh, just a, a social media extraordinaire with millions and millions of followers giving parents tips and Jeff being a world-class athlete and coaching people around the world. So nice to have you back with us. And everybody else is here. Thank you for coming. I've got three quick messages before I give a real message. Um, I have a message from my mom. When, when, do we have our picture? Um, that's mom's 88th birthday. Her message is, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I'm going to miss my talks with my phone calls on Sunday afternoon with my mom. She went to be with Jesus as I was holding her hand last month. So it's been a bit of an emotional month for me. And um, it's been an emotional month for lots of people. I want to make a statement on behalf of our church. Um, I refuse uh, to allow discrimination to get any sort of foothold within our church, any form of discrimination. What you've chosen to put in your body or not in your body is your personal choice, and I will respect your personal choices. We will never, as long as I'm senior pastor, ask you what you've done the last week, whether you've chosen to be vaxxed or not, doesn't matter a bit to me. Your ethnicity, uh, whether you're a vegetarian, what kind, of, what kind of truck you drive, none of that matters. And I hate that the world has created a new discrimination, and I do not, I will not allow it to take a foothold within this church. And on a little bit more delicate um, grounds, um, I have a message for our premier. I assume he's not watching. Makes it a a bit easier. (laughs) Um, First of all, let me say that the Bible instructs us to pray for those that are in leadership. That's what it instructs us to do. And... Uh, we also are required to, whether we respect a person's choice, we are required to respect a person's office. And as followers of Christ, we have a higher call, and that's to listen to the voice of the Lord for us. 
when somebody is placed in an office, they are given a mandate. And with that mandate comes a mantle from the Lord. And they get to choose whether they use that mantle for good or for evil. So we need to be respectful of our leaders' offices. And, uh, and, and, and now for a, a little bit of apostolic intercession. On behalf of the body of Christ, I ask for forgiveness to our governmental leaders where we have criticized you and when we have demeaned you or diminished you or we have sent un unhealthy, unkind, and ungodly things to you, please forgive us. And now, Premier Kenny, my word to you is there are some of us who are not for sale. That you would think we would violate our conscience for $100 is unconscionable. Having tried to tempt us with an opportunity for a million, no, I mean it, and now tempt us with $100, before the Lord, our conscience is worth more than 100 bucks. I feel that that level of manipulation and coercion is ungodly and it's unhealthy, and if you felt that, you still have a choice to make a decision what you would like to do. And I'm going to pray at the end of the service for people who have felt bullied or manipulated because it's the number one thing that is coming, uh, uh, people are asking me for prayer for. And so um, I, I'm going to pray for people if you feel under pressure in any way these days. And our, our role as shepherds is to lift the burdens. Uh, otherwise, we've violated our office of caring for the flock. The other part we have in our office is to try and tell you the truth. Mom tried to teach me to tell the truth. I don't know. She did pretty good, I suppose. But um, I want to talk to you today about one of the qualities. We, we've used the term this is us, uh, sorry, a theme for this is us for our uh, theme for this month. And um, there may be some things that you, you notice. They're pretty obvious about who we are and what we do. But I want to try and share a few other things in light of where we are culturally. Uh, my, the, the Sermon on Aliens got three times as many downloads as others. And so I, <clears throat> I got a feeling you've got some questions about <clears throat> the day in which we live. So I'm going to try to use this as a little bit of a segue into a little bit of where we're at. And I'm going to do all that expertly within 25 or 30 minutes. <clears throat> Uh, opening up the scriptures, here's, here's one other thing that's really, really important uh, to me. Um, and that is the word of the Lord. This is a cultural value that I carry. 26 years ago in August, we moved to Calgary um, because we had a word from the Lord. Not because we were more qualified or more called than anybody else. Not that, that Calgary needed another church. But we had a word from the Lord. And I live with that word, and until the Lord lifts that word, I am still under the mandate of the word. So he gave me a word. And I'm living out that word. Uh, we read, when we read through the prophets, it'll often say, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Wow! What's that like? But, but there are times when God gives us a word 
for a specific season or specific time, and we get to choose whether we're going to embody and incarnate that word or not. It's always our choice. And so reading through Ecclesiastes this week and why I read through the Bible every year is because I believe from reading the word of the Lord, I am able to receive the word of the Lord. (laughs) And it's important that we have the word of the Lord as well as the spirit of the Lord to interpret how that word's supposed to be played out. So reading through Ecclesiastes yesterday morning, chapter 4 and verse 1, it says... um, 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 Gosh, I can't read my own writing here. I type most of this, but... And then as something... And again, I looked and saw all the oppression in the land. I couldn't help but go, that's right, there's oppression in the land. I don't know why it felt just a little more acute than other times. And so I, as I read through Ecclesiastes now, and if you're reading through the Bible, you will have read about a guy called the preacher. The, the Ecclesiastes comes from that word uh, preacher. It means the official speaker who calls an assembly. Um, and the, the Hebrew word actually includes the word of debating. And 38 times the word vanity is used, 29 times under heaven. He's referring to a humanistic point of view, worldview. His view, the, the preacher, the one that's gathering and debating, is referring to us about two perspectives. One is under heaven, and the other is from heaven. So we can look around and we can actually have an earthly view of what's taking place. Big danger in that. Because we're meant to, Revelation 4 says of John, come up here. I'm going to show you stuff that's going to happen. We're meant to have a higher vision than just an earthly vision. Am I right? Right. So, so you and I have to be aware that we're living in a time where stuff is taking place on the earth, but it shouldn't be any surprise because we have the word of the Lord to not scare us, but to prepare us for what's ahead. We have it, right? So I'm going to read from the Bible this morning. Y'all brought your books, right? School started this week, and when they went to school, what did they do? They brought their books, didn't they? So you brought your book, didn't you? Because we're going we're gonna to read from the book. School time. I'm going to read from the book. Or you got your devices. Go ahead, be fancy. I got, a, I got some things I want to share with us. And I want to look through, I want to take us to the first couple of chapters of Esther. Because when we were reading this, so I want, to, I want to welcome you into my world. What happens when I'm reading the scriptures, many times I'll feel a weight on a certain passage. I don't know how else to describe it. But, but based on your sphere of influence, and we all have spheres of influence, Based on your sphere of influence, this weight might be for a particular person in your sphere. It might be for you personally. It might be just the, the word for the, what's taking place in the world. And you need to be able to discern those. Because for some of us, it's just maybe a, a personal word for us. Right? The word's for you. And if you're in the word, you'll find many times the Lord just wants to speak to you. Other times, if you're a, a, you know, a parent, it might be for your family. Uh, If you're in a sphere of work, it might be for work. Um, In the case of um, uh, Joe leads the burn for Canada, it might be for for all of Canada. You got to discern what the word and what it's for. But as I'm reading through Esther, I begin to feel this weight about a time 
and a season in chapter 4, verse 14, and when he says you shouldn't be silent because who knows you came into the court but for such a time as this. It's so, this is so, because for me, in July, I began reading Matthew 24. I tried to read it every day. And every, every day I'd get another, hmm. That's kind of, I guess that's an onomatopoeia. It's not really a, but you just start to feel, hmm, there's some weight to it. I wonder, is that just for me? Unfortunately, I actually get to say something every Sunday. And many times you get to feel that way, the word of the Lord because I feel that in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, it says, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And so sometimes there's a personal word, other times there's a corporate word. Do you hear me? So I'm going to share with you now a corporate word that has spoken to me first personally. But, but I believe as you read through this, Jesus' disciples had this question, what's going to be the sign of the end of the times in your coming? And in Esther, it's the same kind of word. What's, what, who knows, but you were put in a position for such a time as this. <clears throat> the, the, the Lord is preparing heroes and heroines with voices and mandates and mantles for such a time as this. <clears throat> Been quiet for a little while, but all of a sudden he's placed you someplace where you now can have a voice. <clears throat> <clears throat> Pardon me. So, word of the Lord. And, and, um, and, and one of the temptations of Jesus, and it's not much different. The government's trying to treat you like you're the first Adam. And you can be tempted. But the second Adam lives within us. And he tried to tempt him with personal gratification. Turn these stones to bread. And Jesus would say that, Man does not live by bread alone. He's referring to the physical needs. But he lives by words that are proceeding from the mouth of God. Today, there is a proceeding word from the mouth of God. Different word than last week, a different word than last year. And if you have ears, you can hear the proceeding word. What is this for? It's not for you physically, it's for you spiritually. We don't, it's not feeding our physical bodies, it's feeding our spiritual beings. <clears throat> Getting a growl. Okay, and then there's two other tests, of course. By the way, they're coming as well to us as people in this time. But that's okay. We're aware of that. We've been prepared. This is no trick. It's okay. We understand. We're not scared. We're prepared. So... So what I'm asking us to do is to commit today <clears throat> to have regular time in the Word. I can't make your decisions for you about stuff. You need to make your own decisions about stuff. I have no interest in making your decisions for you. Don't let anybody else. You make your own decisions. You weigh them out on the, against the Word of God. So when you come across the Word of prophecy, uh, you, uh, you start to look, okay, so is this possibly happening any place in the world right now? What are you doing? You're not comparing things with your own personal intellect. You're comparing it with the Word of God. So, I think it's important that we have a wind of the Spirit. But it's also important that we have the Word of God. And we need them both. If you're spending more time on Rebel News than in the Word, shame on you. I mean it because it'll influence you. We're, we're being influenced, right? Don't compromise this. 
This is what Pastor Lauren is telling you. Read the word every day. And you'll grow, grow, grow. <laughs> um, so I'm reading through Matthew chapter 24 and I get these questions. I think they're the questions. They came up in Luke chapter 21 as well. And, um, and this is what happens is that we start to feel there's a weight, there's a word, there's a word for this season, there's a word in due season. I tried to train the, the team that sometimes I think there's so much more weight when we minister the word of the Lord to people at the altar. We don't pray for their, you know, hernias specifically. Sure we can, but if there's a word for deliverance, we pray in deliverance. Because some, for some reason, I've learned that there's special weight to the word of the Lord in that moment. And he gathers people, right? You could have been so many other places. You're here this morning, you know why? Because there's a word for you. And if you have ears to hear, you'll hear it. <clears throat> Thank you. So, so I want to just take a look at this uh, Jewish or orphan who became a, a Persian queen. And it's an interesting story because I think it's a time that we're living in currently. Sometimes the word of the Lord is like for a day, for 24 hours, other times it's for like a whole season. And I think we're living out a season of the word. That's what I think. Matthew 24 reminds us about the time, about times. He says, you won't know the, the day or the hour, but you'll know the season. Because he says, learn a lesson. When you see the tree budding, you know what's happening. Learn a lesson, there's a season. And we're in a season. Would, it, would anybody agree with me that we're in a season? Okay, okay. Just, and it's a different than we've ever been in before. But that's okay because the Lord knows the way. You don't need to understand, you need to follow. The danger of saying, well, I, I, I do that if I understood that is it violates Proverbs chapter 3 that says, don't lean on your own understanding. He's not looking to you to understand, he's looking for you to trust. I want to read Esther Esther, there's a couple books in the Bible named after women. Uh, we need to pay special attention uh, to the. It's just a fascinating story of a young Jewess named Esther. And uh, it all seems normal enough. And her uncle Mort, his, the name Mordecai is mentioned 58 times. He's the protagonist, along with the evil anti-Semitic plan that's being carried out by the antagonist, Haman. And this gets exposed as God protects his people keeps his promise, and he uses an obedient young woman to change the entire course of history. There's Esther's in the land. Our MLA is an Esther. She has incredible favor in caucus. Just for, for uh, you know, as a young girl, she, she shouldn't have won this riding. Um, I'll let her tell her own story, but she had a very sp special personal encounter with an angel regarding her time in office. Like, and, you know, we just need to pray for our leaders. I'll just leave it at that. Better tell her story someday. Um, so a little family dispute turns into a national crisis. And it begins and ends with a feast. Oh, uh, why not? The entire book of Esther takes about 10 years. And sometimes when we think the Lord is about to do something, we think it needs to happen now. He's working out a plan. He's working out a plan right now. And he's waiting for men and women who have a voice in such a time as this. He's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. And then there'll be a Kairos moment like no other time 
where you'll have an audience and a voice. And at that time, you're meant to rise up. It's so intriguing, this story, because it reminds us it's okay to stay hidden for a while. You don't have to say everything all the time about everything. It just reveals our ignorance. We're just ignorant. We're all ignorant on different, just on different topics, right? Chapter 1's got three banquets. He serves the military leaders first, and um, next, and the princes. Second, the men at the Winter Palace. And then there's a big old party for the women. Verse 8, Queen Vashti uh, gave a banquet for the women of the palace. Uh, and, and there's one, uh, it's kind of cute, there's really only one uh, restriction. I think it's cute, I put a little smiley face. Um, beside this verse 7, drinks were served in gold goblets of all designs. There was an abundance of royal wine, just as the king had commanded. And the only restriction on the drinking was that no one should be compelled to take more than they wanted. (laughs) Say no more. I'm not saying anything, I'm just... The only restriction, they shouldn't be compelled to take more than they wanted. But those who wished could have as much as they pleased, for the king had instructed his staff to let everybody decide this matter for himself. Sound familiar? This is the word of the Lord. Let everybody decide for themselves. Now, now it begins to, so I'm reading it, and all of a sudden I go, whoa, these little, because of the, right now, the potential of losing our own personal choice. And so I'm reading this, and it goes, hmm, it starts away, right? So the current reigning queen, Vashti, um, she is asked to parade herself in front of the military leaders so that they could leer at her. And she says no. Can you feel it building? Is it a story? You want to read ahead, don't you? Just go slow. She does, she's, this is three offenses. First of all, the first offense, well, it's a triple offense. The first offense is she challenged the authority of a man. Mm. <laughs> and every man's ego went, mmm. She disobeyed her husband. Mm. And she defied the order of a king. It's quite a thing, hey? He, he, so he asked her, he asked the queen to parade herself in front of a drunk, a, whole, a, a bunch of drunk military leaders. When is it ever time to defy the orders of a king? And the church fell silent. How many times I have been told Our role from the book of Romans requires that we submit to all authorities. I ask you this, does this work in Afghanistan right now? The church remained silent. Let me step on a couple more toes. Because is there ever a time, is there ever a time when it's a godly direction to defy the orders of a ruling authority. We're meant to pray for our leaders. 
But when they ask you to do something unbiblical, unethical, and ungodly, somebody needs to say no. She got in trouble. Anybody heard about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abedniak? Abedniak, that's not even it. And to bed we go. <laughs> Anybody heard of them? They defied the Babylonian orders. Ended up in the heat. When is it ever right to defy an authority? When they ask you to, you got to, here's why. We got a higher authority. Doesn't mean we be disrespectful. Doesn't need to mean whether we play with the same spirit of the world. The spirit that's coming against us right now is a spirit of control and manipulation and coercion. Don't be tricked. Use the opposite spirit or you'll fall right into the plans of the trap. You heard of the Hebrew midwives? They said, kill all the babies. They said, no, we can't. We've got a higher order. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And are you hearing what I'm not saying? I'm not sure what you're hearing. I know what I'm saying. Do you remember the apostles? They were told, don't preach. And they said, well, you choose whether we should obey man or God. Remember them? Do you remember Daniel? He said, I'm going to pray. And there was a strategy against him, said, don't you dare pray. He said, I'm going to pray because I have a higher commander than the local Babylonian government. I'm starting to feel it. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's what the world systems are using to control people. He has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit, did you hear me? Of love, power, and a sound mind. Don't let go of those in that order. Have you ever heard the verse that says, greater is he that is in you that is in the world? Starting to yell, sorry. Not sorry. Just one woman challenged the authority of the government. So interesting to me when you read the, the whole story. Because you know what she did? It wouldn't have been easy to spot her as a Jewess. Because she would have had to have had a, lived a kosher lifestyle. She didn't. Otherwise, they would have known that. If you read in chapter 2, I'd really encourage you to read the book of Esther and say, Lord, give me eyes to see. She chose to hide her nationality. Why was that? She had a high call. She was going to be called before the king and she was going to what was going on? The Lord was preserving the messianic line and fulfilling a promise for his people. Do you think he's not doing that exact same thing today? <laughs> he's doing the exact same thing. She hid her Jewishness. Um, and um, and this, um, by chapter 2, you start to see the hand of God at work. Uh, and my point is that the interaction of our response to the plan of God... It means our decision, when we hear the word of the Lord, what we're going to do with the word of the Lord. He's still looking for people to fulfill his promise for such a time as this. Chapter 2, you start looking at verse 19. 
It says, even after all the other young women had been transferred to the second harem and Mordecai had become a palace official, Esther continued to keep her nationality and family background a secret. <laughs> it almost seems like this subterfuge, it, like, it's, a, it's kind of a cool little plan because we get to read the end of the story, but she's in it, you guys. She's in the heat, right? Vashti has been displaced, didn't kill her. Esther's putting her life on the line. She's an adopted, just a young orphan. You and I have all been adopted. I don't know if you see the parallel or not, into a Jewish family. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. <clears throat> and she was still following Mordecai's orders just as she did when she was living in this house. Our, you know, one of the greatest competences we can have these days is the ability to simply follow an instruction from the Holy Spirit. He's not asking us all to do the same thing. Not at all. <laughs> I know, I'm meddling. Um, and, then, and then later, I'll just scoot ahead a little bit because we'll talk about this in the next few weeks. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 14, um, it says, at the end of chapter 3, it says, the city of Susa fell into confusion. I don't know if anybody's seen a city in confusion or not these last few days. Chapter 4, he says, um, Mordecai told the story, the whole story, and told how much money Haman promised to pay the royal treasury. Haman was trying to use 375 tons of silver um, I don't know what your price is. I don't know what our premier's price is, which is why I need to pray for him. He's being, our government rulers are being pulled by forces that we're unseen. Our, our battle is not flesh and blood. We need to bless our leaders. They're facing incredible pressure, your pastor included, right now. How will I wrap this up? Chapter three, or chapter four, verse thirteen. Mordecai sent back his reply to Esther. Uh, Mordecai is given the role of a judge in the land. He's able now to def- decide the decisions, make decisions on behalf of the king. He's at the gates. This is where the, this is like a, a, a local court, and he's making decisions on behalf of the king. And uh, so he got elevated, and, and Esther got elevated. And Mordecai sent back this reply to Esther: Don't think for a moment that you will escape he- there, in the palace, when all the other Jews are being killed. What's going on? An anti-Semitic plan. You know what's going on today? There's an anti-Semitic plan. Did you know that? Not just Haman's and Hitler's. The Muslim Brothers, the Muslim Brotherhood have on their website uh, stated to kill, eradicate the earth of all Jews and infidels. It's on their website. It's called a caliphate. And the Muslim leaders, their, their, their design and their drive is to take over the world. They hate Jews. There's a plan, an anti-Semitic plan is taking place right now. I know we're worried about our own skin in the game, but I'm just saying, this is not new. (laughs) Don't think for a moment that you'll escape there in the palace when all these other Jews are being killed. And if you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance for the Jews will arise from another, some other place, but you and your relatives will die. And what's more, who can say... And who can say, but that you have been elevated to the palace for just such a time as this. I just want to tell you what time we're we're living in. We're living in the last days. Now, now technically, that started in the book of Acts when he said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That triggered a prophetic season and time. We're living in that time right now. So it shouldn't surprise you. And, And I know for many people, they get nervous when we bring up the term last days. Um, but I want, to, uh, I want to just move us ahead a, a little bit 
And um, I just don't want to point any prophetic fingers uh, specifically right now. But there's going to be such a time that there would be an acceleration, a super fast race towards the very last time, the end of an age that would be wrapped up in preparation for Christ's return. I was called a sooner this week. Have anybody been called sooners? How many believe that, the, that Jesus is going to come soon? Can I see your hands? Yeah, you're a sooner too. It's called we're a sooner. We're, we're, he, he's coming sooner than he was last week. <laughs> Let, let's not think that we know. And let's not pretend that we know. Because with all the prophetic statements about his first coming, and most of the people missed it. And when you start sifting through Matthew chapter 24, I'd encourage you to read it, but don't expect it's going to be, it's, that's all chronological. It's all just kind of thrown in there, and someday we'll be sitting, having, uh, you know, bread and fish around the sea in heaven, and I'll say, like, what's with it? Why'd you confuse me in that Matthew 24 stuff, and, you know, this destruction taking place and all that, and he said, no, no, I gave you the spirit to discern that. That's okay. Yeah, right. It's complicated. But we honestly, we don't really know. Let's not pretend that we know. We don't really know how it's going to unfold. But how many can say in your heart there's something beginning to happen? Something's starting to stir, right? Okay. Second Thessalonians. Ah, oh, no, I won't go there. I'm just going to, I need to start to wrap up. There's going to be a great deception that may be upon us or may be coming upon us. Now, this is no surprise to anybody. We all know a great deception is coming. Who's being deceived? Somebody. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to even chance to touch that little minefield. I have no idea. But it says, in, it says and don't be, the, the ESV says this. They keep popping up scriptures on there that I, I quit using. See that nobody leads you astray. Is it possible to be led astray, even the very elect? Apparently it is. What's the word of the Lord for us right now? Get ready. I can't say it any clearer. Get ready. One of the ways we get ready, we're in our word every day, and we're developing ears to hear, and when the Spirit speaks, we're making a decision in advance, we're going to follow. I can't, I can't make it any clearer than that. In the word every day, every day, have a listening ear, and have a heart that's going to decide in advance that we're going to follow whatever the Lord says to do. He's going to walk us right through this. It's, it's going to be completely fine. So... Uh, he's referring to a time, and, and uh, maybe I'll read um, 2 Thessalonians, verse 2. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our, and our being gathered together with him, we ask you, brothers, not to be quickly shaken in mind and alarmed, either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seemingly to be from us. <laughs> don't, don't be alarmed. Here's the other word. Don't be alarmed. And the word, the word actually means um, an inner fight resulting in fear, anxiety, or worry, a state of nervousness or jumpiness. That's what it means. Um, Psalm chapter 2 says, verse 1, Why do the nations of the world rage and people plot in vain? The kings of the earth prepare for battle and rulers plot together. I don't know if you know it or not, but there's a world system right now 
that's underway to undermine the very purposes of God. The world system is underway to eradicate the Bible from all education. There's a world system at work to remove everything that God loves from the earth, the knowledge, the ethics, the morality. There's a work at play right now. This system is called the spirit of Antichrist. No surprise. We all know that. How are you going to deal with it? Don't be jumpy. It's okay. The Bible calls this, oh, who's throwing their Bible around? The Bible calls this, this is what's going to happen. You're going to hear wars and rumors of wars. I'm hearing them all the time. Uh, see that you're not alarmed. Peace be still. For this must take place, but the end's not yet. So just relax. This could take 50, 100 years. It could be a month. I don't know. Uh, we don't know. All these are the beginning of the birth pains. What happens in birth? Let me tell you what happens in birth. I don't know. <laughs> I'm a man. I have no idea. However, I've observed, and my wife uh, made a fist and was threatening to punch me. I know what happens in the birthing room. All hell breaks loose. And uh, just about me too, and um, I don't know much. But here's what I've observed. I've observed that there comes a strong pain. And then it lettens up. Are you feeling a pain? An ungodly amount of, and then it lettens up. We're open for the summer. The Bible says there's going to be birth pains. Does any women know what I'm talking about? The men don't. All I'm trying to do is read you the Bible. I'm trying to impart it. I'm not trying to say too much, but I'm saying enough. Be prepared. It's okay. But have you ever thought there'd ever be a time? In 1998, I preached a message on the cashless society. I didn't know at all what I was thinking. I didn't have a clue what was going on. Does anybody see the potential of not being able to buy and sell without a certain signia of some kind? Are you, is that possible? I mean, in 1998, it wasn't even possible. Well, what's that mean? It means get ready. Those of you who are putting your trust in your RSPs, I am. Fiona? No, but what are you putting your trust in? How do we prepare? Time in the Word every day. Number two, listening ears to hear. Number three, a heart that has made a decision in advance to obey the Holy Spirit when He speaks. You're prepared. If you can do those three things. You're fine. Not scared, not jumpy, not fearful. Let me wrap it up. I'm just going to get to the end of this. When we're discerning things are going to take place, Matthew chapter 12, sorry, Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 to 9 says, some things are going to be sealed up right until the end times. Listen, we don't know some stuff. Let's just, let's just be willing to admit, we don't know. I don't know. Got the Bible. We don't know. Nobody knows. In, in, in discerning scripture, you need to have, uh, we need to have, understand the context, um, the whole council. We've got to read both the New and the Old Testament, whole council. People are trying to get rid of the Old Testament. Just tell them to be quiet. Go pick new friends, something. It all sets us up. It's all setting us up. It's showing what's ahead. Esther is setting us up for a time as this. Do you see what I'm saying? Not, right? Council, other original languages, manners and customs of that time. Ah, I just want to wrap up by saying this, is that the 
as wonderful as science is, true science, modern science will be the teaching arm of the new world order. And, here, and, he, and, and here's what they've done. Romans chapter 1 and verse 25. It says that the moment that you leave God out of it, your mind gets darkened and you become a fool. When science, true science, sets out looking for new discoveries, that's a beautiful thing. And what will happen is it will always lead you back to the wonders of creation. But a plot started 100 200 years ago, we need to get rid of the Bible. So, so, so here's what happens now. Once you, once you can no longer, so now, now, now science sets out with a predetermined outcome in mind, and then they look for things to confirm that, which many of us do who have conspiratorial bents. We look for things that agree with our perspectives. Those of you, pardon me, not us. I'm joking. Here's what it says, Romans chapter 1, verse 25. The moment we eliminate God, we suppress the truth of creation. We elevate then creation. And it says in verse 25, it says they don't exchange the truth for a lie. It says they, they exchange the truth about God for a lie. Without a revelation of who God is, and the system that's at work is to eradicate everything that God loves, his ethics, his morals, his standards, his word, his people, his preachers, anything to silence them, that's all underway right now. That's okay, we've been warned. And I, and I wrap up by saying this, as it was in the days of Noah. No, I won't say that. Racing toward a one world government, one world religion, an economic system, all designed with the, the spirit of Antichrist against everything that Christ stands for, a great falling away as well as perilous times, celebration times, and a great harvest. Are we ready for the great intake? Are you, do you have eyes for the harvest? Because there is a great harvest coming. People are going to be looking around for answers. And the government is going to say, we're here. We'll help you. And the church needs to be the light and the standard and not a city built on a, under, a, under a bushel. It needs to be waving its banner and say, we have an answer. And his name is Jesus. We need to be ready. All right. Okay, I went a little longer. I had lots to say. Some of it was valuable. Some of it wasn't. Uh, I want to pray for people who are feeling coerced or forced or challenged in some way, or else maybe you know somebody. We need to break this spirit. And this morning I want to break it. I believe we have apostolic authority to break that spirit. Um, it's around us. We don't have to agree with it. I just want you to turn the lights down a bit. And if you're at home and you feel this way, I'm going to pray for us all. Uh, and, I, and I want to pray for some specifically. Um, first, first of all, this shouldn't be. <laughs> there's just something, there's just, whenever there's force involved, there's no love involved. That, 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 push and the bribing and the coercing and the if you felt under that control I want you to stand up
got to stop. The, the word that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That it's a, he would use some, once he would say spirit of, of timidity, he means the spirit of intimidation. That you do not have the spirit of intimidation. God, my heart goes out to y'all. Because you've got to make a decision to, 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 to about some serious stuff. How are we going to pay the mortgage if we lose our job? It's like we're getting cornered. Listen, the Holy Spirit is very present to break that spirit of intimidation and help you to walk with your head held high and knowing that he has a solution and he has provision for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus, we break that spirit of control and manipulation that's tried to herd your people rather than love them. God, I ask in the name of Jesus, we not use ungodly, unbiblical, unethical tactics to try to fight a battle that's not against flesh and blood. I pray for every individual that's standing right now and the, and the challenge that they're fa- facing. Lord, your heart is towards them right now. I know that. So God, in Jesus' name right now, I command that spirit broken over these lives, broken over these lives, broken over their thinking process, no longer to intimidate them, create anxiety and stress and any form of jumpiness. God, today, we lift the cloak of deception and darkness that's trying to keep people in bondage. We break that oppressive thing that's tried to hound us. First thing we think about at night, last thing we think about at night. Father, in Jesus' name, this morning, I thank you for liberty, and it's for liberty that you set us free. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, Today, there is liberty. Today, there is liberty. And you have a choice. And you're powerful. And God is your provider in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everybody stand, please. I feel I've released enough of the word that you get the essence of it. And um, I want to... We're going to have a hamburger outside and... um, which is good. Um, sometimes, in just moments like these, there are other needs that are present that I don't get. And so I'm just going to ask us to bow our heads one more time as I pray. Lord, for someone here that needs you in a new way that I didn't, I am, but you know. <clears throat> just move in their heart right now. You're the way maker. You are the way maker. Some need whole new dimensions of breakthrough. Father, ask for your provision there right now. Father, lift these veils and lift these scales and let them see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, thanks for being in church to those doors walk free people. Let's go have a hamburger. God bless you. We'll see you next week. You're released. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.